W. T. L. It's a big, hairy American window machine. If you ain't first, you're last. W. T. L. All right, nice, huh? Got a talk show here, talk show with my mic. I got everything. W. T. L. What he does is work out and performance. Get it to 85% weekend. You're a mute. W. T. L. Brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. WTL, everybody. I'm your host, Andy Klassen. This week, we got a special for you. Major League Baseball All-Star Game Preview. American League broke down by legendary writer and columnist Peter Golenbach. We also are joined by Jabron, the parlay pounder, is back in the house giving you some hot picks, hot takes going into this weekend. So let's get right to it and dive into that interview with the Peter Golenbach. All righty, so joining us once again is the legendary baseball writer, Peter Golenbach. Peter, thanks for joining us. It's it's my pleasure, Andy. Just happy now, to be here. Right around the corner, we got the 2022 All-Star Game. You have some predictions for us. I can't wait to hear. So let's get right into it. Who are the odds-on favorites to make the 2022 roster? Well, I can tell you about the American League. My okay. rotisserie. My rotisserie team, the Vex, which is in 10th place out of 12. Um, I have two stars. They're both Yankees. One is Aaron Judge, who, in fact, about 20 minutes ago, just hit another home run for the Yankees. So he's he's the number one guy. Um, I, I would say if you take it base by base, I'd say Vlad Guerrero of Toronto yeah. is probably your first baseman. Okay. Uh, the other choices, I've written them down here. Uh, Anthony Rizzo of the Yankees would be one choice. Jared Walsh of Los Angeles Angels. Um, he's done very well. And a guy named Seth Brown, who plays for Oakland. Because he plays for Oakland, nobody's ever heard of him. But uh, he's, he's doing quite well. Um, a second base... Uh, it seems to me you've got three choices. One of them is Trevor Story, okay, who is playing for Boston, mm -hmm. and Ty France, uh, a Seattle second baseman, and and Luis Arias, uh, who's leading the league. He's hitting about 360, so he's got to be considered. Also, remember too that each team has to have one member on the All Star team. Right now, in the, in the case of the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, my guess is that will probably be uh, a pitcher. Um, none of the Rays really qualify in any of the position spots. Uh, so, you know, the, the way the thing turns out very much is you get chosen because you're the only guy on the team uh, that anybody wants. So that's, don't forget that that's always a possibility. You got a bunch of shortstops, a bunch of very good shortstops, starting with Xander Bogarts, of Boston, he's hitting about 330 right now. Mm -hmm. Tim Anderson uh, of Chicago, he's hitting 350. And and understand too, in the league this day, if you're hitting 350, that's like hitting 400. Yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah. 
I mean, I think on the Tampa Bay Rays, we've got four starters hitting under 200. You know, right now, the uh, Rays are beating Milwaukee two to one in the sixth inning. And I'm cheering because they have two runs. Um, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's very frustrating. You, you see games where your, your pitcher strikes out, you know, 12 batters and their pitcher strikes out 14 batters. Um, that's a lot of, you know, at bats where not very much happens, unfortunately. Yeah. So you get a little bit of that too. And for folks that don't know, uh, you're, you live down in Tampa Bay, so that's kind of your hometown team. So you always got the thumb on the pulse when it comes to the American league East. You're right. Well, I live in, I, I moved to St. Petersburg, Florida in 1989. Okay. Called the senior professional baseball league. Uh, I was affiliated with the St. Petersburg Pelicans, who, yay, won the championship that year. And uh, I fell in love with the city. Um, I, it felt to me when, you know, I showed up, uh, it was October 31st, and it was 75 degrees, and the sun was setting, and the palm trees were swaying. And, and I'm, I'm from Connecticut. And I'm thinking to myself, this is paradise. You know, why, why wouldn't I want to live here? And, and a lot so, of baseball to go around as well. <laughs> well, you know, in 1989, we didn't have baseball. We had, we had, we had a minor league team. Uh, we yeah. had the St. Louis Cardinals uh, minor league team. Um, so we, we, we watched that. Um but it was, it's just such a beautiful place to live. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so that you feel, though, even though you're working, you always feel like you're on vacation. Yeah. So, but don't, don't tell anybody. Don't tell <laughs> Keep. I'm sure the Omaha, I'm sure the Omaha weather in December is just fine. You're exactly right. Yeah. And you know what, Peter, I, I like it because it gives me a perspective. I get to enjoy all the seasons. I'm not just boxed into it. Two you or do three get of them. to enjoy every season. That's right. Yes, <laughs> so, I know. We have to suffer because we basically have spring and summer, and that's about it. There you go. You don't. Okay. You miss out on all on the the fun of the other two there. So exactly. So so we're talking about shortstops. I, I mentioned Bogarts and Anderson. There's also this fabulous player for Seattle named Corey Seager, mm -hmm. uh, Eugenio Suarez, and Glebor Torres who is, um, you know, a very fine player for the Yankees. Um, third base, I think Raphael Devers probably has it sewn up. He's hitting 330, uh, though the other choice may well be Jose Ramirez of, of Chicago. Uh, he's got, he's hitting over 300. He's got a bunch of home runs and RBIs. And as the catcher, this, to me, there's only one, and that would be Sal, Salvatore Perez, who is... Uh, yeah, you know, the best of a mostly non-hitting bunch of catchers. Um, Judge is the top outfielder. Uh, second, I would imagine, would be Mike Trout, who is in the running for MVP year after year after year. Uh, unfortunately, he plays, uh, unfortunately for him, he plays for the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, so nobody um, really cares what he's doing, uh, except the people living in Los Angeles. Um, there's JD Martinez of Boston, who's hitting 330 something or other. Uh, and my favorite Texan, 
uh, Adolis Garcia. He's on my rotisserie team and he gives me joy every day, hitting <laughs> a home run or driving in runs or doing something wonderful. There's Kyle Tucker out of Houston. Uh, then of course the famed Giancarlo Stanton, who's another Yankee. He's got 14 home runs and 40 something RBIs. Uh, you've got to pick a Baltimore Oriole. And I think the one Baltimore Oriole you probably would pick would be Ryan Mountcastle, the outfielder. Okay. Uh, he's got 60 RBIs, which is pretty terrific for anybody, never mind an Oriole ball player. Um, and for pitchers, and we don't pick the pitchers, the, the managers pick the pitchers. But there are right now, I think, three pitchers who have eight wins. Uh, Justin Verlander would be at the top of that pack. Uh, Alex Manoa of Toronto was up there with them. And a surprise Yankee pitcher, Jameson Talion of New York, who's got eight wins. And he's, he's one of those reasons why the Yankees have, you know, 50 wins. Yeah. Yeah. No surprise. Uh, there's a few Yankees up and down the, your projected roster there. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, somebody's doing something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, Rizzo, Rizzo is doing a fabulous job. Um, I mean, so you just, if we had to uh, slim it down, you you named a whole slew of middle infielders there. Who would you give the slight edge to at second base and shortstop? If I'm looking to, you know, lay down a a, a bet here, a future type of bet, if I can find a book. Oh well. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, Story's got 45 RBIs and Ty France has 44 RBIs. They each have 10 home runs. Who would you pick? I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very difficult. Maybe you pick them both. Yeah. Well, that's what Maybe I was wondering. Can you kind of hedge your bets and, and bet on a couple of players that are making that roster? Yeah. And the Minnesota uh, second baseman, Arias, he's hitting 360. So you're going to leave him off? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, who do you pick at shortstop? That is, that is just that is just tough. That is just tough. You got a guy hitting 357, Anderson. I imagine I would pick him. Yeah. Hard, hard, hard not to pick Bogarts. I mean, he's your your veteran, you know, he's the, the, the guy who holds the Red Sox infield together. You yeah. know, hard, hard not to pick him. Well, and that's what we brought you on for is to answer those hard questions. Yeah, well. And I got to tell you, went out and picked up my own copy here. Oh, look at that. <laughs> that was me the out You named a couple of my players, too, on, on my league. So that uh, that brought some joy <laughs> to, that, to our book, interview as well. That, that book existed prior to the Internet. That's um, a good one. It's a for good years one. I kept saying, for years, I kept saying, oh, the Internet, it's no big deal. No big <laughs> deal at all until it ruined some aspects of my publishing life. Yeah, yeah. I had five or six years of how to win at rotisserie baseball. And then the M the internet came along where you could just push a button and find out exactly what you were going to find out in my book. And, and that was the end of that series of books. <laughs> Happens a little faster now, for sure. Yeah. Yes, so uh, do you have any opinions? You kind of touched on it there. As far as the current all-star voting system, you mentioned how only managers get a say in pitchers. Um, we just are getting to the end of kind of a fan uh, type of a voting system. And then that'll get parlayed into 
writers and other pundits. Uh, now, where do you sit with all the, the all-star voting system? I mean, I'm, I'm happy whatever they do. I don't really care. Uh, I like the idea that the winner of the all-star game was the home team for the World Series. Yeah. I believe they've done away with that. I'm not sure why they did, but yeah. I like that. I mean, it made the all-star game mean something. Yeah. And I'm not sure once you do away with that, whether the all-star game in fact means anything. Yeah. Except it's a wonderful, great opportunity to watch these people play, of course. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to, I was going to say that, that I enjoyed it. And I always come under fire for saying that, that uh, I enjoyed that the, that game meant something as far as the American league or the national league was going to host uh, that game one of the world series and then game seven. Uh, right. And that's the, the blowback you hear on the NBA all-star game and especially the NFL pro bowl of uh, being kind of a sham and why even put on pads? Well, you put something on the line like you had with MLB. Right. It did turn it into a real game. That manager, you know, was one of the front runners to be coaching in the World Series again. So he wanted to win that game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know why they, you know, I don't know why they don't do all sorts of things. Yeah, um, definitely an opportunity there. So if I get you to bring out your crystal ball one more time, I took a quick look at some futures from the American <laughs> League uh, yeah. to win the league. And of course, the Yankees are way out in front at plus 175. Houston's right behind them at plus 250. And See, then uh, rounding out your top three is Toronto at plus four. I don't know what any of those numbers mean. They, we now have Valley Sports. Valley Sports now is is has taken over from Fox in, in putting on the the baseball games and, and they put these numbers up on the screen plus something or other and minus yeah. something. Or other. I don't have the slightest idea what any of that means. <laughs> that good that you're minus or good that you're, I don't know. Can you explain that to me? What does this all mean? Well, yeah, when you're, you're plus money. So like you're betting a, let's say a hundred dollars. And if you get it right at plus plus one seventy five, you win 175. So it's not a straight up bet. You're on the other side. And if it's minus, uh, like minus 175, then the odds are way out of your favorite. Now you're actually betting $100 to win $75. So, so if you can get in one, on a – what's that? Every one of those numbers has to do with a $100 bet. Is that the idea? That's the easiest way to, to break it down is by a, a $10 bet or a, a $100 bet, yes. So when you see that plus 175, you're thinking, okay, I can win my wager – and get my hundred back plus 75 on top. It's better than a straight up type of bet. So as a gambler, I love that plus money. And here you are getting the Yankees at plus 175. So they're way out in front. I'm thinking, uh, can they keep it? It's still so early in the season. I was take all those numbers away from it. What's your perspective? Do you think the Yankees are going to run away with this? Or do you think Houston is going to make a pretty good run at down the stretch. Well, it always depends on injuries. You yeah. know, if the Yankees, if the Yankees can remain healthy, um, you know, those, those Nestor and, and Cortez and Taylon <laughs> and Cole, and uh, they got another guy, that little lefty. He's a big lefty. Um, that's four starters who are stars. Yeah. That's, that's yep. kind of hard to beat. And they've got a kid uh, who's their closer. Um, what's his name? 
He closed another one last night. He, he saved his 13th game. Uh, this is after Chapman got hurt. They put him in. He's given up one run since April 8th. Yeah. One. Yeah. One run. Uh, I watched this guy pitch. He he was uh, he was absolutely unbelievable. And I so think that's something that always gives the Yankees such a great advantage over other teams is their depth moving forward. So I, I probably like the Yankees. What do you think of the Toronto Blue Jays? Let's say no more in, injuries. Everything stays the same. Uh, what do you think of the guys from Toronto? Well, the, the hitters are tremendous. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what pitchers are going to come around to, to, you know, to take them to the World Series. I, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it. Okay. No, All right. To get there, really, you just need, you know, at the minimum, two spectacular starters. Yeah. And so, then, then you get other guys to fill in and maybe win a game somehow. But, but with those two fabulous starters, you can win. I don't see that 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 Toronto has that. Houston has that. <laughs> yeah. Houston. So is that well, Kyle? You're kind of leaning right now. It's a two-horse race between the Yankees and the Houston Astros. What I'm hoping, what I'm really hoping is that, that Tampa Bay can beat out Boston for that third spot in the American League East. And then all of our phenomenal injured pitchers come back. You know, we've got, uh, we must have seven pitchers who are injured right now and three or four hitters who are injured right now. I mean, I don't know how they ever win a game if you want to know the truth. Yeah, they, they look like a triple A ball club out there. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, Rosarina somehow managed to get some hits. He's stopped hitting home runs. We got this guy Paredes, who we got in a trade for uh, for for Austin uh, Meadows, who we never heard of and we thought was terrible until last week. Hit three home runs in one game. Yeah, it's like whoa. Where did this come from? And then the next day he hit another one. And two days later, he hit another one. And we're saying to ourselves, well, now I understand why they traded Austin Meadows for, for Itzhak Paredes. This guy's pretty damn good. And and so, you know, G-Man Choi. I mean, none of these people are all-stars. Not any of them. But if they could somehow rustle up three or four runs – our pitchers who lead the league in ERA right now can win games. And if two or three of more of our pitchers get healthy, you know, we, we've got, we've got, you know, this guy Anderson is a spectacular reliever you know, he's just great, but he's hurt. Yeah. But he's and coming back. That, you know, you know, he's staying he, healthy is going to be the name of the game going down the stretch. Being healthy. So, so, um, you know, the Rays went to the World Series two years ago. Yeah. It's not impossible that they could do it again if everybody comes back healthy. You're exactly uh, right. If they don't come back healthy, I'm, I'm thinking that Houston and the Yankees would have the best shot at it. Yeah, uh, I'd agree with you there. So, Peter, you just came out with the critically acclaimed book, Whispers of the Gods. What's next for Mr. Peter Golenbach? It's, it's critically acclaimed. Yes, sir. There it is. Whispers <laughs> of the of the gods. Yes, you can get it at Amazon, or if there are any local bookstores left in the state of Nebraska, you can get one there too. Um, you know, I interviewed over the years Ted Williams and and Stan Musial, 
uh, Jim Bowden, um, you know, a wonderful assortment, Roy Campanella of, of, of players. Uh, if you love the history of baseball, it's something I think you really get a kick out of. Uh, what's coming up? Uh, what's coming up? Well, 4th of July is coming up. There we go. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a wonderful, wonderful summer. Uh, I don't have anything in the works that I can really talk about right now. I'm helping several Ooh. people write their autobiographies. Okay. Uh, I don't, don't think any of those books are ever going to see, you know, a publishing company, but uh, these are friends of mine and I'm helping them, helping them, uh, you know, get published. All right. Keeping us on the edge of our seat here. So, well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us once again on the program. Love your stories, your insight. Uh, and can't wait to have you back on. Maybe maybe do a little recap of that All-Star Weekend. I'd be happy to do it. You give me a call. Peter, thank you for your time. My pleasure. You take care. Welcome, everybody, to WTL. This is Jabron, a.k.a. the Parlay Pounder, coming to you solo this week. I'm just getting back from Vegas, so I haven't had a chance to hook up with Andy to shoot our regular pod. Uh, just getting back from UFC 276, which was awesome, by the way. So many good fights on that card. We got to see Izzy, Sean O'Malley, Sean Strickland. Everybody on that card was so awesome. Max Holloway, Volkanowski. It was sick. Uh, probably one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. And that was my first, uh, first Vegas trip as well. So I was uh, really on edge the whole time, and it was so much fun. Uh, since I have not been able to get with Andy, I want to put down some of my favorite bets for this weekend to make you guys a little bit of money. Uh, so I'm going to start off with UFC Fight Night. Uh, you know, I got to stay in my lane here, guys. Uh, UFC is kind of my thing. So we're going to start off with Nurmagomedov versus De Silva is one of the undercards here for this fight night. Uh, I really, really like the... Um, there is a lot of plus money here uh, that I'm going to throw at you a little bit. Uh, Nurmagomedov is the heavy favorite at uh, minus 250, and De Silva is the underdog at plus 210. Uh, but furthermore, what I'm really looking at is the over/under for rounds total in this fight is set at two and a half, with the over at plus 110 and the under being at minus 140. This is a difficult fight to judge, but just because of the fact that both fighters are so good, I don't think the gap between the fighters is as big as the line claims it to be. Neither fighter is, you know, the clear favorite in my mind. So because the lines are very off from what I personally would predict the lines to be, I find some value in the underdog De Silva. He has, you know, some experience finding strikers, like said, under his belt. And uh, I just, I, I just don't think the line should be that big towards Nurmagomedov. The pick that I feel most comfortable about is the fight to go over two and a half rounds. Though these two fighters have very strong and you know have really great knockout power, Sed has allowed nine of his 17 fights to go the distance. Considering he is the heavy favorite, I expect him to di dictate the pace, and uh, you know he enjoys a slower fight. It, you know where he can just wear and tear his opponents so however 
If you have a few extra units to spare, maybe consider betting on De Silva as the underdog. But what I'm throwing my money on is the over two and a half rounds at plus 110 at this fight. And I really think that's going to hit, guys. Moving on to the main event, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Rafael Fazib. Uh, this is another really, really good one. Uh, my guy, Rafael Dos Anjos, comes in here at a slight underdog at plus 180. Uh, it's just because Fazib packs the power behind his strikes, and a lot of people are thinking that he's going to knock Dos Anjos out, which, by the way, doesn't happen. Dos Anjos has incredible cardio and is more than more than capable of keeping the pace with this guy for 25 minutes. He is four and four in, in the UFC in five round fights, uh, which really come against some of the best in the world. Kamaro Usman, Colby Covington, to name a few. Uh, we have never seen Fazib tested like this in, a, in his uh, 12 fight career. So I'm leaning towards Dos Anjos at that plus 180 money line. I just really think that the cardio and just the experience that Dos Anjos has, plus the two past fights, he's looking incredibly sharp and in shape. So I'm going with Rafael Dos Anjos in this one. Another bet on this fight that I really, really like, guys, is Dos Anjos by decision, which is at a whopping plus 350 money line right now. So he, I just think Dos Anjos holds a pair of, you know, enormous advantages over Fazeev and his conditioning and experience in five round fights. And I'm banking on him to lean on them coming the later rounds, three, four, and five, that Dos Anjos will just kind of run away with this and kind of chew in the clock with his smothering top game uh, to come to uh, claim his third victory in uh, five round decisions. So I really like Dos Anjos in this one. So uh, if that's if you're rolling with me, uh, throw some money on Rafael Dos Anjos. Next thing I want to get to is some. WBC featherweight champion of the world boxing, Mag Soyo versus Vargas in the roles of champion and challenger, respectively. Uh, Mag Soyo aims to, you know, this is his first title defense, and I really think he's gonna come out and really try and put this, put this on Vargas, and come out the winner here. Uh, we got Mag Soyo at a minus 110 right now. The prize fight is scheduled for 12 rounds, and I do see this one going the distance. Vargas is sometimes not the most defensive, uh, and I just feel like Maxoyo can kind of pick him apart in those holes. Uh, I see Maxoyo having his hand raised once the judges' scorecards have been read aloud, but again, if you guys kind of feel uh, you know, a little shaky on this one, I would expect this one to go the distance if you want to go that route with that bet. But my pick here is Mark Maxoyo at minus 110 money line to win this fight. I really like all those plays. My best bet of the, you know, of the weekend, like I was saying, is that said Nurmagomedov and De Silva going over that two and a half rounds at plus 110. There's your plus money. I like that bet. It's my best of the weekend and I think it'll make you guys some money. So for WTL, this is Jared, a.k.a. Jabron, a.k.a. The Parlay Pounder, signing off. We'll see you guys next week.